0: Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pleasure Path. Today, we are talking about fierce self-love and the mindset shifts that you need to take in order to sustain a foundation of fierce self-love. Now, self-love and self-care are not the same thing. So many times I talk to women who say, yeah, I take really good care of myself, I work out, I take baths, I meditate, I eat healthy, and that's great. All of those actions are a reflection of self-love. But what I find is oftentimes missing is the ability to really believe in ourselves, to believe in our dreams and desires, and to stay the course when difficult emotions come up or when circumstances don't yet reflect what it is that we want to create. So you might feel a lack of self-love if you don't have what you want in your love life. Let's say you're not getting as many dates as you want or the type of people that are connecting to you aren't people that you feel attracted to or interested in, or maybe your partner and you don't have the depth of emotional or physical intimacy that you're wanting, it's easy then to get in our heads and think it's always going to be this way. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, men suck or uh, my partner sucks or, you know, we get into this negative mindset and then it becomes our reality. It becomes this low vibration, for lack of a better word, that we're perpetually living in. And I believe that self-love is moment by moment attunement to ourselves, to our needs, to the actions we could take. Yes, like having more self-care, but also to how we talk to ourselves and what we allow ourselves to take in. You know, what sort of uh, meaning do we make from the external environment when things aren't going our way? Do we look at it as, oh, here I am again, you know, not getting what I want in love. This is how it always is. Or do we say, oh, okay, that's interesting. I can look at the fact that this person, you know, didn't text me back as a sign of, wow, what's going on with that person? I guess they must have something going on with their attachment style or whatever is going on in their life. I'm not going to take it personally. This is just a data point and I'm going to let it go. So often, we don't take the broader perspective because it's scary. It's scary to think about our future and not have the confidence that we can have what we need and what we want. And fierce self love is about championing yourself, championing yourself and your needs, no matter what's going on, being your best advocate, being your best uh, cheerleader, really. And in a moment, I'm going to share some of my favorite tips for cultivating fierce self love. But right now, I would like you to just If you can, close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that you feel expansive and large in your energy field and powerful. Imagine that the external circumstances of what's going on in your love life, they're not really like getting into your heart, they're not really penetrating your energy field. That you can have some distance between what's going on and your internal experience, your internal landscape. Imagine feeling connected to your heart and your womb space and your intuition and not feeling overwhelmed or disappointed in your love life. Imagine feeling that any obstacle in your life is actually an upgrade, that it's a stepping stone to what you want to create and what you want to achieve. So it doesn't weigh you down, it actually elevates you. What if the challenges that you're experiencing could be an elevation. Now, one of the ways that you can do this is this phrase. I love myself too much to insert whatever thought, whatever emotion, whatever circumstance is weighing you down. I love myself too much to feel so crappy. I love myself too much to talk to myself this way or let this circumstance get the best of me. Or I love myself too much to be so judgmental of other people and be cut off from my heart and my compassion. I love myself too much to hold myself back and stay stuck in my fear. I love myself too much to compare myself to others, which creates distance between me and what I want to create, what I want to receive. So I just gave some examples of how you can use this phrase, I love myself too much to, to make a powerful shift in perspective. Because oftentimes it's hard for us to break these negative thought loops until we change our perspective. There are some other things we can do to break those thought loops. But the easiest and fastest thing to do is to catch our negativity or being morose or fatalistic or in a victim mindset. Catch it in the moment and just put your hand on your heart and say, I love myself too much to treat myself this way. And then ask yourself what? What can I do to shift my energy? And that part of it is really just about changing your physical posture or your environment. You know, when we're in a new space or moving our body in a different way, it's nearly impossible to think the same looping thoughts. So changing your environment might look like getting outside for five minutes, smelling a flower, going on a walk, just going to get some tea, It might look like looking at something beautiful. You know, one of the best ways to change our environment is to connect to our five senses and find something even more beautiful to touch or to taste or to hear and or smell and let that shift you, shift your mindset into a mindset of pleasure and abundance and possibility. And you can also shift your posture by standing up, reaching your arms up to the sky, You know, running in place and uh, dancing, putting in a song and having a dance party. Again, it's hard to think the same thoughts when we change our body posture. Now, I know that you can't always change your environment. You can't always change your posture, but you can always deepen your breath and you can always do these self-love perspective shifts of, I love myself too much to, you know, insert negative story. I wanted to though tell you a little bit more about where this philosophy of I love myself too much to comes from. Because what I'm doing when I say I love myself too much to get so down about the apps when I can see them just as a tool to meet my partner. You know, it's a reframe. I'm reframing. Instead of getting down about the apps, I'm viewing them as a tool to meet my partner. There are many other tools, you know, going to meetups, asking friends for setups, going to parties, going on self dates and doing things on my own in new neighborhoods, like. All of these things are different ways to me to partner. So when I expand my perspective beyond just using the apps, I have a lot more possibility, a lot more influence over the outcome, and I don't have to let myself wallow in negativity about the apps. What I'm doing in those moments is I'm reparenting myself. Most of us, even if we had great parents, but especially if we didn't have you know, super attuned, compassionate parents who'd already done a lot of work on their own stuff and their own issues, we have gotten into a situation where we are falling into the inner child part of us that feels sorrowful or feels neglected or feels scared about the future. You know, when we were young, we didn't have the skills or the awareness to really be able to shift and coach ourselves, parent ourselves out out of our fears. Now, fear is normal, and I'll probably do a whole episode just about fear and working with fear. But my point is that when we are stuck in these loops and these negative um, thought patterns and emotions that just kind of take us over it's usually a sign that we've merged with a younger part of ourselves. That younger part of ourselves could be the sad, lonely, scared young part of ourselves, but it could also be our inner critic. So, usually we have a vulnerable part of ourselves that just wants love and is so scared it's not gonna happen. And then we have a protector part of ourselves. And the protector is the inner critic or the saboteur, or there's a lot of different names for it, you know, the skeptic. There's so many different ways to call it. But we have the vulnerable part that longs for something and feels scared. And then we have the protector part, which is really internalized criticism that takes over and that creates the negativity. So you can think about it as the longing or the vulnerability covered up by negativity in order to try to protect ourselves. But when your scared inner child is running the show, it's not the best way, way to make decisions or orient your life. But when your protector is running the show, it's also not the best way to run your life or make decisions. Because if you're stuck in your inner child, you're going to feel afraid that it's never going to happen and be usually overwhelmed with sadness and despair. And if you're stuck in your protector, you're going to be overwhelmed by anger, judgment, harshness, self-criticism, confinement, like being too uptight or too rigid. And so the shift we want to make to reparent ourselves is to introduce our adult self that means the current you whatever age you're at right now that's your adult self and your adult self has decades of wisdom lots of life experience and way more skill level than you know the 5-year-old part of you who just wants love or the 13-year-old part of you who's pissed off at all men or you know all people that you've ever interacted with or that you see on the apps <clears throat> so this perspective shift of i love myself too much to you know wallow in these negative emotions, is an example of a healthy inner adult, the current age of you, stepping in and resetting things so that neither the vulnerable part nor the protector part are running the show or driving all of your behaviors and all of your thought patterns. Now, this is based in parts work or internal family systems. There's a book by Richard um, Schwartz about that, and I can put that in the show notes, but it's called No Bad Parts. And he goes through in very detailed uh, examples how to do this. Now, one of the key things that I love about his teachings, and I've done a lot of parts work since, oh my gosh, like my early 30s, so (laughs) over a decade now. But one of the things that I love about internal family systems and this process is that it helps us make peace with all of these different aspects of ourselves. You know, you probably know that after you've maybe drank some or eaten a lot of sugar or you know, just kind of vegged out in your house for a long time, you don't feel the same as when you're working out and eating healthy and taking really good care of yourself and being creative and all of that. Like we have these different aspects of ourselves that come out depending on the circumstance and depending on our environment. And that's cool. Like we don't need to be perfect. That's a curse. Perfectionism is not, is not possible. You know, perfectionism is part of that protector or inner critic part of ourselves But we do want to make peace between all of these different parts. We want there to be harmony and we want there to be some skill and awareness so that we're really conscious of who's running the show when. I mean, there might be times where you're like, I'm so tired, I need to just eat whatever I want and lay on the couch for this whole weekend. And that's great. You're consciously choosing that because that's what your body needs in order to get a reset. However, if that becomes a habitual pattern because it's something that your inner child is just feeling really alone and is looking for comfort through these mechanisms of of food and TV, again, nothing wrong with that. Like I'm just saying that we want to know who is who's driving the show, who's who's making these decisions. Is it a habitual pattern or is it something we're consciously choosing because it's deeply nourishing for us? The other question that you can ask yourself in addition to I love myself too much to You know, insert pattern is what would be most nourishing for me right now. So if you put your hand on your heart and say, "I love myself too much to worry about whether this person is going to text me back or not," then you follow that up by saying, "What would be most nourishing now?" Oh, to light a candle, to make myself dinner, to read a book, to you know, go out with a friend. Like you find something to do that helps you to fill in and nourish this inner child, younger part of you. So let me give an example. You know, one of my clients, actually pretty much all of my clients have a belief that I just don't believe that love is possible for me. You know, if they believed that love was possible for them, they would be in a different headspace, and we would be working on different things, which we do, you know, throughout the course of our work together. But one of the foundational ones that we usually work on, especially at the beginning of coaching or a new container of coaching is I don't believe love is possible for me. Now, if that's someone's belief, then it's going to be really hard for them to create and receive partnership because they've already said that they don't believe that it's possible for them. So they can't receive the love that is there in anyone that they meet, even if that person is an amazing partner. So instead of thinking, I don't believe love is possible for me, And then feeling despair and hopelessness and kind of wallowing in those emotions and making a story that it'll always be that way. You could put your hand on your heart and say, I love myself too much to not believe in myself. I love myself too much to stay stuck in victim mindset or in despair. What would be most nourishing for me right now? And maybe it's taking a bath and journaling about partnership and what it is you want, or talking about all of the beautiful attributes that you do have and making a list of what you're grateful for in yourself and in your journey. There's so many different ways that we can shift our mindset. But again, it comes down to catching in the moment one of those limiting beliefs or thought patterns and then rewriting it. And it's kind of like a phoenix, you know, that metaphor of the phoenix. And one of the ways that I love that this is described is it's high up on a mountain and there's a fire surrounded by stones and this shabby, tired, old bird is just like barely making its way up. It can't even fly anymore. It has to walk up the side of the mountain until it gets to the middle of the fire and it throws its tired, dirty, ragged old self into the fire. And then is reborn, is renewed, is bright and vibrant with broad wings full of shimmering different colors of reds and blues and greens and purples and orange. And it flies majestically across the sky with so much radiance and vibrancy and vitality. So we have to continually find those phoenix moments. And instead of making the path up the mountain long and hard and difficult or more difficult than it needs to be. We have to get our butt up the mountain, throw ourselves into that fire, and transform these limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs. So instead of thinking, I don't believe love is possible for me, it's I'm committed to being in a healthy relationship. It's absolutely going to happen. I don't know how or when, but I know that I'm capable of this. Watch me. You know, Watch me do this. It's going to happen. And that level of conviction is part of that fierceness. We need more than just self-love. I mean, life just gets harder and harder as we get older and as things change in society. And dating is no different. It, it does tend to get harder. I think it gets more and more complex, even though we have more options than ever with how to meet someone. And so we have to have these phoenix moments where we find that conviction and that fierceness and that fire. And fire is a great way to quickly activate and catalyze a new belief. So you can visualize that phoenix, and say, I feel old and tired and dirty and worn out, and I'm stuck in disbelief, but I'm going to throw myself into that fire. I'm going to put my hand on my heart. I'm going to tell myself I love myself too much to stay stuck, and I'm going to find what nourishes me, and I'm going to find an empowering belief. Shifting beliefs from a negative belief to a positive belief sometimes is really simple. Instead of saying, I don't believe love is possible for me, you say, I believe love is possible for me. But what I find is it kind of falls flat to just convert a negative belief into a positive belief because we have to get to the root of it and we have to find the part of us that's indulging in this negative story. Like I talked about the the vulnerable part of us who'd say, I just don't believe love is possible for me. And then the protector part that's like, you're, you know, you're to this, you're to that. No one wants you like the negative uh, protector and then the sorrowful victim we have to find our parent and parts work is something i do a lot with my clients and each time i do it it's absolutely different which is astounding to me that yes we are all humans we all want love we all have you know a variety of backgrounds but for the most part like this need for love is really universal and yet every part shows up a little bit differently and needs something a little bit different sometimes our our little loved ones you know need validation and reassurance and it's hard for us to give them reassurance if the adult part of us is merged with the protector. The protector's like, oh, I don't know if you're going to find love. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and the adult part needs to step in and say, cool it, you know, tell the protector to take a break, to go rest for a little bit. Or one thing I really like about parts work is you can ask the protector, you know, how old do you think I currently am? and this is again, something that comes from Richard Schwartz, Schwartz, how old do you think I currently am? Because usually the protector thinks that you're much younger than you really are. So in most cases, the inner child is somewhere, you know, younger than 13, the vulnerable part that one's love. The protector is usually somewhere in our teens or twenties. And it thinks that we're still young. It thinks that we're still in our teens or twenties. And therefore it feels like it has to protect us. But if we remind it like, oh, you know what, I'm actually in my 40s or I'm actually in my 50s or insert whatever age you are currently, then the protector can relax because you're reassuring the protector. You know what, I actually don't need you to be so judgmental or critical of myself or these people I'm talking to on the apps. I need you to be discerning. Help me be discerning and choosing someone who's going to be a good fit for me but don't throw everyone out of the of the match pool. You know, don't um, convince me that I'm never going to have this or that there's something wrong with me or with the people I'm talking to because that's not going to get me anywhere. You know, the, the teenage part of us wants to rebel and wants to protect us from perceived possible rejection. But the adult part of us is resilient. It's been through stuff. It's survived stuff. It's learned from situations. And so we want to make sure that we are informing, informing these younger parts of us that we're capable, that we have resources and support. And if you don't feel like you have resources and support, then find support. You know, reach out to me at, violet, at violetlang.com and we can talk about what it might look to work together or find other ways to get support so that you can with confidence, reassure your protector part and say, nope, it's okay for you to rest. I'm fully capable, I've got a lot of skills, I've got a lot of support, I'm learning every day. I need you to be discerning and I will check in with you when I need something. But other than that, like you get to just chill because usually our protectors are really overworked. They have been on high alert and on guard for most of our lives. And when we give them the opportunity to rest, oh my gosh, they just soak that up. They don't really want to be so hypervigilant or so on guard with all of their judgment. Now, the other thing you can ask these parts is what is it that they need? And that's why this work of mindset and parts work is so unique and specific to each person, because your inner child might want a bubble bath. My inner child might want to wear knee-high socks and pigtails and run around and have, you know, a picnic inside my living room. Like our inner children need different things, but we have to be able to attune to them, both the inner child and the, you know, kind of an adolescent child, and we have to be able to take the reins back to get back into our adult self. So if you feel like you are stuck in a place where maybe you're taking positive actions, but you're feeling crappy about it, or you don't have the fierceness that you need and self-love, then it's important to get those resources I talked about and connect. You can read that book, No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz. You can reach out to me at violet at And sometimes we want or need validation and reassurance, not just from our own adult self, but also from other people, right? Like for you to find your adult self and give her the narrative that's going to help her succeed in love is kind of a tall order because all you've known is your protector and your inner child and hopelessness and criticism, you know, or despair and judgment. And so I can help you build that Path that path to your adult self and the confidence and clarity that that adult self can offer. We get hurt in relationship. Usually we get hurt. I shouldn't say it that way. Our trauma usually happens in relationship. Our pain usually happens in relationship. And in order to build a healthy relationship, we need to have people in our life, like a coach or a mentor or a good friend. Although sometimes our friends are seeing through the lens of their own issues and their own projections, but. We need an outside person to help us see things with clarity and help us to believe, believe that what we want is possible as we're learning how to take the reins and bring our adult self into all of these situations. So one of the reflections that people really love is not just from working with me or or other people, other women or other men. And so if you hear from me, your coach, you know some positive beliefs and mindset shifts and inner child parts work that's specific to you. It's going to be really valuable, but it's also going to be really valuable to hear another woman say, "You have the most generous, beautiful heart. You have so much to offer. I see your pain and how much you've went through, and my wish for you is that you have an extraordinary relationship. And by the way, here's an area where I see yourself holding yourself back. Like getting that feedback from another woman is priceless." Similarly, getting that feedback from a man is also very incredibly important. You know, in my program, Radiant Love, there's been times where someone on the call was crying because they felt so touched and they felt so seen when a man or, you know, anyone, but in this case, I'm talking about like a heteronormative relationship where a woman was receiving insight from a man and a man was saying to her, I have seen how much heartbreak you've gone through. I've seen and heard about you being mistreated. And I make a stand for the healthy masculine in your life. When you're not sure where the healthy masculine is, remember me. Remember this conversation. Reach out to me on Facebook because we've gone on this journey of radiant love together. And I know that you're capable of having a great relationship. And I will be that template when you need it. And I specifically remember not only that woman who a man was really standing up and stepping up for her and her vision of love, but another woman who had, you know, would set boundaries, but then second guess herself like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have let that guy go. Or maybe I shouldn't have said that thing. Like she was kind of waffling in her boundaries. And after just the first few weeks of radiant love, she was clear. Oh yeah, I can absolutely set boundaries. I could be even more discerning. I'm not going to settle. I know that I'm capable of having a great relationship, and I will. Because again, she heard and got reflected on her value, her value from women and her value from men, and they helped her to hold the vision. It's hard to hold the vision by ourselves. That's why, that's why we need each other. and That's why we you know long for relationship, both romantic relationship, friend relationship, family, colleague, all of that, and what Radiant Love really provides is community. So if you're curious about that co-ed container, about getting feedback from both men and women, and more than feedback, you know, support, acknowledgement, validation, reassurance, then reach out to me and we will see if we have any spots left available. We do have a few scholarship spots, I should say, also in case that's on your mind and heart. And I can send you all the details. Uh, I don't have a website right now for it because it's by invitation only, but you can contact me at violet at violetlang.com. And just to wrap things up, remember the two powerful shifts that I mentioned in this episode. When you're feeling stuck emotionally or mentally, put your hand on your heart and say, I love myself too much too. And then insert the negative pattern or the negative thought or the negative emotion. And then ask, what is most nourishing for me right now? And shift into something that really deeply nourishes your inner child and her longing, her longing for love, to be seen, to be taken care of, to be cherished. I am looking forward to connecting with you on the next episode where we will go deeper into these patterns and how to shift them. And we'll also talk about the male experience, right? Like what it's like for men. And that can help also give us some empathy when we feel stuck in judgment and and criticism of the apps or the people that we meet. And having more compassion and more empathy is part of being in our adult self, taking that broader perspective, being compassionate with ourselves and being compassionate with others. So in honor of all of your parts, I am sending you lots of love and I will talk with you soon. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for Healthy Love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetling.com forward slash talk.